What's going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. On today's show, weekend preview for college football. Let's get into it. This is the Sharp Angle. Every day on your favorite podcast player. Special thanks to Top Notch Odds, great online sports book. TopNotchOdds.com. Put in promo code SHARPEDGE for any deposit. Get up to 200% of a deposit bonus with uh, some of the best rollovers you can find. TopNotchOdds.com. All right, so every single Wednesday, we do a college football preview. I play back a portion of College Football Weekly. It's a show that I'm on with uh, Will Chambers, so let's waste no more time. Get into that right now. All right, first up, Michigan at Indiana. Michigan an eight-and-a-half-point favorite going on the road here. Look, Indiana's for real. They proved last week they're a really good team and not the Indiana that we've been used to uh, seeing for so long. Indiana outgained Penn State by almost 100 yards in that game last week. And if just a couple plays end differently in that game, we might be talking about the Hoosiers upsetting Penn State on the road. Their offense is clearly capable of scoring, and especially through the air. Michael Penix Jr. may be out, but Peyton Ramsey has arguably done better. He, he, uh, he doesn't offer the running threat like Penix Jr. does, but he's completing 72% of his passes, and the Hoosiers continue to rack up yards in the passing game. They had 371 passing yards against Penn State for, uh, uh, for reference there. But then I look at that game. Indiana scored 14 points early on in the, fir- in the first quarter and then only 13 the rest of the game. That, to me, is an indicator that the bye week had a lot to do with it. They were able to come up with a great game plan during that bye week. And once Penn State was able to make some adjustments, they could hold Indiana out of the end zone there. And now they don't have that extra week to prepare for Michigan. And Michigan's defense is much better geared towards slowing down the passing attack. Michigan right now is allowing just 156 passing yards per game and 55% completion for opposing quarterbacks. They're deep in the secondary, deep at the corner position. They have a solid pass rush. I think that they can limit Indiana's offense greatly here. And then when you look at Indiana's defense, it's been good against bad offenses, but not good when they face a real offense. You look at their opponents so far. Ohio State, Nebraska, and Penn State all scored more than 30 points. Ohio State scored 50. Even Michigan State, who's not a good offense, scored 40 on Indiana. Michigan, Michigan's offense, however, has been great the last four games. On the ground and through the air, uh, Michigan has won 23 straight against Indiana. I will say, though, Indiana has given Michigan some serious scares in recent years. Uh, there was an overtime game two years ago, another overtime game, or excuse me, an overtime game four years ago, another overtime game two years before that. Jeez, what am I trying to say here? I'm, I'm messing this up. No, I got it. Yeah, two years Two ago. out of the last four years, yeah. there's been overtime games between Michigan and Indiana. But even still, I think this is a bad spot for the Hoosiers. Michigan hasn't covered against Indiana in Harbaugh's first four years, but I think this is the year he does it. I'm taking Michigan here minus eight and a half. I think the whole handicap comes down to Michigan running the football. If you look at the Penn State game, Ohio State game, where Indiana's really given up yards this year, they've, they're giving up yards on the ground. And they're not able to kind of play that game. If you're going to give up rushing yards, you need to be able to take the ball and control the clock yourself. They're only averaging 133 on the ground. So I think Michigan running the football is going to be the advantage this game. And also, I think what's happening this season is Michigan is turned into potato salad, man. They are much different than they were early in the season. And what happens is you take all of the season stats and kind of bake them into the line. Michigan's better than this right now. I think they frustrate Indiana and get the big win on the road. Give me Michigan minus the eight and a half. Yep, eight and a half. All right, so we're both on that. Next game up, TCU. They go on the road at Oklahoma. Oklahoma, a 19-point favorite here. Is it 19 right now? 
Uh, it was last night. Do you want to double check? Yeah, and yeah see, see if we're up. Last time I saw last night, it was 19. So Oklahoma, they escaped that Baylor game with a crazy 25 point comeback. And it is 19. 19. Okay. Uh, Oklahoma's playoff hopes are still technically alive for now. Yeah. TCU probably isn't the team that can end the Final Four dream for the Sooners, but that doesn't mean they can't cover. So the Horn Frog, their five and five record definitely carries some weight when you consider the matchup. Uh, but T- and TCU also. They're two and four in their last six straight up, one and five against the spread in those same six. And yet, I still think TCU is the play here. I can't talk myself out of it. Here's why: Oklahoma's last three games, the defense has started to show cracks. They're, they've given up 120 points in those three matchups. Then you look at the Sooners' offense. We talked about it earlier in the show. We talked about it last week before the Baylor matchup. They're too dependent on Jalen Hurts running the ball uh, in the ground game. Their offense has become one-dimensional. And without balance on offense, you're bound to have issues. This is going to force Oklahoma to throw the ball a bunch. And when you look at TCU's defense, they're pretty solid against the pass. They're allowing just 55% completion to opposing quarterbacks, barely 200 yards through the air. Combine that with the fact that CeeDee Lamb, the star wide receiver for Oklahoma, he may be out again this week. He didn't play last week. I think we see TCU score here. I think they can get maybe 30 points on this Oklahoma defense. And I don't think Oklahoma is going to score enough to cover the 19 point spread i'm taking tcu here against all my uh my better knowledge god again will we're not so different you and i <laughs> i'm on uh i'm on uh tcu here it's just been oklahoma recently we just talked about michigan how they're better now than the season would suggest oklahoma is actually worse now than their season stats which would suggest tcu has a massive advantage here with the spread 19 is just way too many points I lean over here as well. I think TCU gets on the board. I think OU finds a way to score That's right now. 65, Yeah, right? 65 is the over-under. I really like the over. So my best bet of this game is over 65 points. If I have to pick one side or the other, I'm going to go TCU plus a 19. Okay, love it. We're both on, Love that drop, by the way. The Austin Powers, the, <laughs> the Dr. Evil drop. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, next game, Texas at Baylor. We're staying in the Big 12. Baylor, a six-point home favorite here. Both teams coming off a loss. Baylor's, of course, was heartbreaking, whereas Texas's loss to Iowa State was potentially backbreaking. The Longhorns fall to Ooh, six and four on the season. Backbreaking. That's right. What's well, worse, I, the heart of the back? Would, would you rather have a broken back or a broken heart? You Tyler? ever had a bad back injury? Have you ever had your heart Oof. broken, Tyler? Well, <laughs> yes, that's true. Will. <laughs> uh, the Longhorns fall to six and four on the season. They're just four and three in Big Twelve play, and now Tom Herman may have found himself on the hot seat asses a fire segment. Who knows? Maybe we'll do that Boy, next that week. that was quick. But, yeah. But the weirdest part is how they're losing games. You to- uh, Had you told me that Texas would hold Iowa State to just 27 points before the game, I would have bet-, I- I bet you that Texas wins that game. But the offense has slowed down over-, over the last three games. Since the shootout against Kansas, where Texas scored 50 points, the Longhorns haven't broken... They haven't scored more than 30 points since. And since getting some of their better defenders back on defense, they seem greatly improved. Just a few weeks ago, they were ranked outside the top 100 in scoring defense after holding Kansas State and Iowa State to 24 and 23 points in consecutive games. They've actually jumped up to 80th in points against. But it may just be a little bit uh, too little too late. Now they have to travel to Waco to play this Baylor team that while they totally blew the game against Oklahoma, they still have their path to the Big 12 championship in front of them. They just have to beat Texas and Kansas to set up the rematch against the Sooners for the Big 12 championship. Uh, they have what is probably the best defense in the conference, uh, Baylor does. 
So far this year, the Bears are allowing opposing teams to score just 20 points per game. That's good for top 25 in the nation. And it's a well-balanced offense. Charlie Brewer, he can hurt you on the ground and through the air. I think Baylor has shown themselves to be the better team. I think Matt Rule gives them a coaching advantage over Tom Herman. And maybe most importantly, Baylor's motivated. They have a reason to keep fighting and improve and play hard, and I'm afraid some of the Texas players don't. I think Baylor's going to cover here. Take the Bears. I'm terrified of this game. I don't want to go one way or the other. I I don't want to bet either of these teams. Now, Texas has looked very bad the last couple weeks. Texas right now is a fade team for me. I don't want to bet on the Longhorns. The other side, though, Baylor, I could see a massive drop-off. Look, they had that game won last week. After that happens, and you have a game in the bag, you you end up blowing it to Oklahoma. I, I just feel like there's going to be too much of the what-if. Let's not forget, these are 18, 19-year-old kids. I mean, a loss like that greatly affects their psyche, the way they approach their job day in, day out. They could have been in a playoff discussion if they would have won that game. So I wonder, what's the drop-off going to be like? And I have a hard time quantifying that right now. If I knew Baylor was going to show up for this game, I would like the Bears. But something tells me that they're going to be lackadaisical. They're going to have maybe a so-so week of practice, let it bleed into this Texas game. And if there's one thing I know, yes, Tom Herman's not having a very good year. But as an underdog, he really overperforms. That's a great stat, uh, him as an underdog. So all those things kind of go together to, I pass this game. I don't want to bet one way or the other. Uh, afraid of the letdown for Texas and afraid of Tom Herman and that as and that underdog role, so uh, pass for me. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I just think that Texas is on the verge of losing their locker room. Uh, you know, six and four is really bad for Texas. But, 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 but if you're correct and Tom Herman is on the hot seat, wouldn't that be a motivational edge for him? And wouldn't he now find a way to motivate his team, get them ready, make every change necessary, whether you're starting some guys who haven't started yet, making changes, whatever. Maybe. If I Tom mean, Herman truly is on the hot seat, or he's even feeling a little bit of that, you could you could see, you could sense, or you could at least picture a scenario to where right now in Austin, it's all business this week, and they're going to get the, the, the W this weekend. So I, I don't know that for sure, though, because there's right. so many uncertainties is why it's a pass for me. Okay. I just don't know how... Tom Herman can really motivate these players and and it's certainly possible but what do you say at this point you say hey you guys want to get eight wins or what you know that's the, before the season started you after say, that LSU game no, they still had high hopes you say we are the goddamn University of Texas Longhorns we can still win eight games and if we get win eight get to a bowl game that wins nine we can still salvage this season and I think it's a bit of a motivating factor that a lot of people close to Texas, a lot of the media, a lot of the ex-players, uh, a lot of the alumni are really criticizing the players for Texas. I forget exactly who it was, and I should have this if I'm going to come out with this quote, but some guy came out a few weeks ago, old player for Texas, I think it was on ESPN, and he said they need to look more towards the black quarterback Yeah, because that's how things are going and they should look for black... You're telling me that with all the local scrutiny that those players won't have a little chip on their shoulder to say, oh yeah, watch this. So again, I certainly hope this so. is all speculation, and, and th- but this all adds up to I can't bet against either of these teams because of all this information coming in. But I think Texas may be more motivated than most people think. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, uh, I think there's a lot of fair criticism for Texas, but uh, to say, oh, we need a black quarterback when Sam Ellinger has been playing out of ridiculous. his mind and yeah, putting the, the quarterback's team on the not the issue. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So I can't remember who who said that, but uh, tis tis to you, sir. <laughs> not a fan. 
Thanks to uh, show sponsor Top Notch Odds, topnotchodds.com, wonderful new sports book, and they have so many different options for so many different sports. I know on this show alone, throughout the week, we're talking football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, pretty much everything uh, that you can imagine. We're adding, by the way, a uh, Basketball Tuesday every Tuesday now. Going to be talking some NBA or college, so on and so forth. And if you're looking for a place to bet on all these different sports, topnotchodds.com. Hundreds of bets for every sport, every game, and uh, lots of great live betting options as well. Uh, check them out online, topnotchodds.com. Enter promo code SHARPEDGE and get to up to a 200% deposit bonus with great rollovers. Some websites, they give you these deposit bonuses and it takes you a year and a half to play to, to get your money out, actually, because it's like a you know 20-time rollover, 25-time rollover, 15-time rollover. It's small rollovers with uh, uh, topnotchodds.com. So check them out online, topnotchodds.com, promo code SHARPEDGE. Uh, next game up, probably the biggest game of the weekend, Penn State going on the road at Ohio State. This is a huge number. Ohio State is an 18-point favorite right now against Penn State. Uh, Penn State, they survive at home against Indiana. And boy, do I hate being right all the time, Tyler. (laughs) I I said last week their defense was good but a little overrated, and they gave up 27 at home to a good but not great Indiana offense. Now they have to go to Columbus and face the number one scoring offense in the nation. And at the same time, the Penn State offense has to try to keep up by scoring on a defense that, guess what, is ranked number one in defensive wow. scoring in the nation as well. You're going to be on Ohio State. I add, know it. add to the fact that Penn State's best offensive weapon, K.J. Hamler, total stud, uh, he's questionable to play. He got injured in the game against Indiana last week. His participation is up in the air. Their second most productive running back, Noah Kane, also questionable. If both of those guys don't play, that puts a ton of pressure on Sean Clifford. But to be honest with you, I'm not sure it really matters if they play or not. The fact is that Penn State is a very good team, probably a top 10 team, but I believe this Ohio State team is the best in the country. And you know I mean it because as a Michigan fan, I would love to tell you that they're overrated, not as good as the stats show, but they aren't. Uh, I know the recent history with these teams. The last three years, Penn State has been the most competitive team Ohio State has played over those last three years. Uh, Penn State won that game three years ago in Happy Valley on a blocked field goal. In the last two years, Penn State lost by just one point both games. But this is just a different Ohio State team. Penn State, Penn State's season rides on this game, and Ohio State's does too. The winner of this game is going to represent the Big Ten East in the Big Ten Championship game. The number is huge, but I really think that we're going to see Ohio State run Penn State out of the building in the second half. Blowout win for the Buckeyes. Take Ohio State. Uh... Minus the 18, take them, take their second half spread too, which should be right around eight or nine points. Take them both. Ohio State's going to crush them. I want to add some bet board games. I'm not just do. I promise you, I want to get more games up there. But I'm on Ohio State this game. Yeah, and it's the same reason I faded Ohio State last week. It's all motivation. When Ohio State played Rutgers last week, they had one game in their mind: the Penn State game. They've been ready for this game for a few weeks, and I think that Ohio State they haven't been challenged yet this year. They're looking forward to this game. This is an opportunity to prove to the rest of the country really how good they are. I think they're going to embarrass Penn State. These two teams are on different levels. You said you think Penn State's like a top 10 team. I've flipped the script. I I, I was high on Penn State about a month ago. I think they're overrated now. I think Penn State truly is probably about 15 to 20. If I did power rankings, I'd probably have Penn State that low, 15 to 20 or so. I think they're overrated, and they really get exposed this weekend. Not necessarily defensively because I think they're going to have a couple good 
defensive showings against Ohio State, maybe a turnover or two. It's going to be offensively. They're going to get stifled by Ohio State's defense Interesting. and not be able to score much at all. So Penn State, for an offense I thought was really coming alive this year, they're going to be they're going to have a bit of a reality check. Give me Ohio State to win very big this weekend. Okay, we're both on that. Last but not least, oh, Oregon. At, on the road at Arizona State, the Ducks are 14-point road favorites here. Tyler, talk me out of taking Oregon. Uh, I love Herm Please Edwards. Please take Arizona State, Will. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love Herm Edwards. I think he's doing a great job at Arizona State. But it's just they're not who we thought they were. Uh, the defense isn't as strong as I expected. They've now lost four straight games, and in their last three opponents are averaging 35 points per game. They're, they're Right now they're only giving up 20 points per game on the season, but you remove their first three games from, from the schedule. Those first three games they played Kent State, Sacramento State, Michigan State. None of those teams have good offenses. Since then, they're giving up an average of 30 points per game on the season. Wow. That's huge. You look at the teams scoring uh, the most on them as well. They're all athletic. They love to get the ball to get the ball to fast skill position players and spread the field. This does not bode well for the Sun Devils. Oregon is on a roll. The Ducks have scored 35 or more in their last five games, and they're looking more and more like the Oregon teams that we loved with Chip Kelly. They're scoring a ton of points. Justin Herbert, he's doing great, but most importantly, he's not being asked to put the team on his back. They're running the ball for nearly 200 yards per game and five yards per carry. Their starting running back, C.J. Verdell, is questionable with a wrist injury, but I think they have depth enough for that position to overcome it if he doesn't play. And I just don't see, most importantly, I don't see how Arizona State can score on the Ducks here. The Oregon defense has been solid and especially performs well against teams that have below average offenses. Washington, Washington State, Auburn, and USC all scored 24 or more against the Ducks, but the rest of their Pac-12 opponents, Stanford, Cal, Colorado, and now Arizona, all of which not very good offenses, none of those teams even cracked double digits in their games against the Ducks. I put Arizona State on the same level as those teams that don't score well. I think Oregon's going to win this game 31-7. to I think the Ducks roll. Well, here's the thing. All those stats you just said are very correct. I agree with all that. And Oregon has extra incentive to blow Arizona State out this game. Yeah, they need the, it. The committee's going to be watching margin, right? Right. How much are these teams winning by, both Utah and Oregon this week? Uh, yeah, Utah plays this week. Both Utah and Oregon, this 14-and-a-half is, is, is going to be... I think, easy to cover once Oregon gets a hold of this game. It may be close for the first couple quarters, three quarters, but in the fourth quarter, I expect Oregon to pull away. By the way, the Sun Devils, 1-11 straight up their last 12 against Oregon. It's not like they're covering against the spread. 4-8 in those games against the spread. This isn't a good matchup if you look this season's stats. This isn't a good matchup if you look at the history of these teams playing. And if you add the motivation on top, I love Oregon, minus 14.5. Now, what I would do is buy that half point. It's not always profitable to buy points. Given the fact that 14 is a very common number with these high totals and these high spreads, I think it's worth it to buy 10, 15 cents, buy onto the 14, and um, use that as a as a kind of a half point you're you're adjusting there. So give me the Ducks minus 14, buying the half point. Uh, I like the bet a lot. Man, Tyler and I are just on the same page. I know. I know. You know what? It's it's a bummer for the bet board, but it's good because uh, it's good for the historically audience. this year, you and I have been very good on games that we both agree on. Exactly. So I think here in the next couple of weeks, we got to go back. We did a recap midway through the season of our record. I Why don't I do that this week? Yeah. Since we don't we have any games. We can both do it. We'll make okay. sure. Let's go back to the game where we counted on the, just to make it easy. Yeah. Because we did that. I've got and, the yeah, numbers yeah. right here, actually. Awesome. So. awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for the show, guys. All right, guys, that does it for this week's show. Hope you enjoyed that, and good luck this weekend. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle.